everybody, it's Tuesday, February 4th, 2020, and this is a salvage title scrap story. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Brett Eslake, and uh, normally we do a big show about car news, car culture, and car whatever, but the scrap stories are kind of reserved to be about whatever I like. And one of these, uh, at least today, is going to be about uh, some pictures that came out last night of the Hyundai Santa Cruz prototype testing over in Europe. Uh, the Hyundai Santa Cruz is, of course, the... Uh, well, it was a concept at the Detroit Auto Show back in 2015. Uh, more or less, it was a design test to kind of point the direction of where styling was going for Hyundai at the time. Uh, this design language introduced on the Santa Cruz uh, made its way onto the Tucson, to the Santa Fe, to the Elantra, and so much more. Uh, and really, I think, kind of signified the big change that we saw at Hyundai that we are finally seeing the full fruition of today in 2020 and the Santa Cruz uh being a pickup truck version of a Tucson kind of thing uh was a very novel concept at the time uh keep in mind that this was right around the time that uh, people were beginning to demand mid-size pickup trucks they weren't the big uh game changer in the market that they are today uh and not long after, we had the Colorado, the Canyon, the Ranger jump back in. Uh, we had the Ridgeline come out. We had all these new vehicles really kind of be the renaissance in this segment. And Hyundai uh, was being, you know, yelled at by its fans, by, by people in the market to say, hey, build this pickup truck. We'll buy it. Build it. Do it. Do it. Build it. And last year, they finally gave in and they said that they were going to put the Santa Cruz into production. Uh, they did promise that it would be a 2021 model year vehicle uh, and that it would be built here in the United States at the Alabama production plant uh, where the Sonata, uh, the Elantra, and the Santa Fe are currently screwed together. Based on those facts and based on these spy photographs, uh, it looks like that this new pickup truck will be based on the Santa Fe crossover uh, and it will be you know a unibody crossover based pickup truck type thing so think Honda Ridgeline uh, it will have four doors uh, so it will probably comfortably seat five people uh, pretty easily uh, and it will have a short bed off the back probably maybe around five feet probably not too much more than that so shorter than a short box mid-size pickup truck uh, but still pretty capable overall compared to most small crossovers out there today. And what this really boils down to, and what this kind of gets at, I think, on the whole, for the pickup truck class, for regular buyers, for even a company like Hyundai, is a shift in the idea of what people want out of a vehicle. And kind of think of this in the way that Honda does the Ridgeline, where Honda... They, they've got the Ridgeline, it's based on the Pilot, you know, it's technically a minivan chassis underneath it. Uh, it's a vehicle that is capable, and a lot of people who buy Ridgelines are using, you know, 80-90% of what this truck can do, and if they really stretch it, they can use that full 100, but rarely are they ever going to need anything beyond what's there. And when you buy that truck for the 40-ish thousand dollars that it costs, you know, you're getting Honda reliability and dependability, you're getting Honda resale values, and those are all really good things. Now compare that to a similarly priced Ford Ranger or Chevy Colorado that's probably going to be a little bit more expensive, uh, at least in terms of initial MSRP, depending on what exactly you want to get out of your pickup truck. 
uh, you're getting a truck that's getting worse gas mileage. You're getting a truck that has much worse ride quality, is much louder on the highway, uh, does not comfortably fit five adults in the same way that a Ridgeline will. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to get things out of the bed. It doesn't have the built-in trunk into the bed. Uh, it's, it's all little things here and there. But, but, a Ranger and a Colorado are going to be able to do a lot more in terms of towing, in terms of off-roading, uh, than, a, than a Ridgeline would ever do. And, again, selling points there. You know, if you're that same person going between either one, there's a good chance that you're not going to use anything close to 100% of the capability of a Ranger or Colorado as you would to a Ridgeline. Wind that down another step to a Santa Cruz, and you're into a different kind of category of buyer. You know, you're looking at people like me who are in their early 30s, or maybe someone like my brother who is in their 20s, uh, and they want a pickup truck, but they don't want to get a full-size Silverado. They don't want a Colorado. They don't want something like that. They want something that's still fuel efficient. And given that we're younger, we're more likely to live in urban environments. Uh, a lot more young people are now living in cities. They want to have that capability of a pickup truck, but they still have to street park it or park it in a pretty tight parking garage. And, you know, the Santa Cruz is going to be able to do a lot more of that, especially considering that it is going to be Santa Fe sized. And the Santa Fe, being a little bit bigger than a CRV, is a pretty good size to start with for a pickup truck base. Uh, it is very comfortable in the front row. It is very comfortable in the back row. Uh, and with the truck bed off the back, you know, I think it makes a pretty good case for itself for a lot of people. Uh, the other big thing is going to be that it will probably use Santa Fe engines, transmissions, and all-wheel drive systems, so a uh, pretty good chance that the 2.4 liter inline four uh, made to do an eight-speed automatic with a selectable terrain mode all-wheel drive system would probably be uh, maybe not the base trim version, but at least a one-step-up model. Um, that vehicle would have enough power to get out of its own way. It could probably do some light-duty towing, probably a jet ski off the back, um, but overall, you know, it's going to be enough for most people. You're going to be able to throw a couple hundred pounds of mulch in the back, in the, in the bed. You're going to be able to, uh, like I said, tow a jet ski. You're going to be able to put your bikes back there. You're going to be able to go camping. It's going to be enough for a lot of people. And I think that's where Hyundai is going to be way ahead of the curve. And it's going to be a way that they're going to be able to sell a lot of these. And the other thing is, is that it's going to be much more affordable compared to other trucks that are technically, I guess, competing a little bit above its class. Uh, considering the Santa Fe route, or Bones, there's a good chance it's only going to be a couple grand, maybe not even a grand more than a comparable Santa Fe. And, you know, if you're looking at a pretty well-equipped, I think it's what, a Santa Fe SEL, I think it's like just under 34, dollars $32,000, like, not that much. So if you think a comparable SEL Santa Cruz would probably run thirty-five grand or less, that's a pretty good deal, especially when you also consider that's before any incentives and before anything, any other deals that might come later on down the road. And in the end, you know, it's a very affordable, fuel-efficient pickup truck that's made for young people who live in urban areas who do stuff the right way. Uh, it's a pretty exciting thing, and. I'm excited to see what comes of this truck, and I hope that you are too. So uh, I, I have a feeling we're not going to see anything 
coming full fat in this vehicle uh, probably until November at the LA Auto Show. But, you know, we could be wrong. We could see it in June at the Detroit Show as well. Uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on here in the scrap stories was uh, about uh, an announcement today from the UK government that uh, the goalpost uh, for 2020, or sorry, 2040 being the end of gasoline and diesel sales in the UK, at least in terms of new vehicles, uh, has been moved back to 2035, giving uh, automakers five fewer years to develop uh, EV powertrains and other alternative uh, fuels and other things. And people are both excited and happy, uh, excited and disappointed about this. Uh, it sounds like the car makers are not very pleased uh, about having five fewer years to uh, use their current uh, gasoline and diesel power plants. Uh, but at the same time, you know, considering the progress that we made over the past decade when it comes to electric vehicles, uh, not just here in the U.S., but around the world, uh, having another 15 years from now to get things sorted out before uh, you can't buy a gasoline Honda Civic anymore uh, really seems like a long time. A lot of advancement has been made so far in battery technology and electric motor technology. Um, you know, really, I think the only thing holding back great wide adoption of electric vehicles, you know, I can't necessarily speak for the UK, but I can speak for the United States, is, you know, infrastructure. It's, it's the ability to charge your car. It's the ability to have a place to stop and plug your car in and take a break and get back on the highway and travel where you got to get to. And, you know, a lot of these stopgap cars that have been developed, like the Volkswagen e-Golf, the Fiat 500e, the Ford Focus Electric that have barely 100 miles of range, haven't exactly set the world on fire because, well, a lot of Americans want more. They want to be able to go a couple hundred miles before having to stop and plug the car in for a few hours. Uh, and they haven't really been able to find that. And on the flip side, companies like Tesla have been able to, you know, provide 300 plus miles of range with relatively short uh, charge times. And as such, they're doing quite well. The Tesla Model 3 is one of the best selling cars in the United States. The Model Y is going to be available very soon and will likely outsell the Model 3 for a lot of folks. And, you know, the change is here, but it's not yet to where it needs to be for regularly uh, working class people, middle class people. And, you know, we'll get there at some point. You know, cars like the Nissan Leaf that have a pretty usable range are getting more affordable every couple of years. Um, you know, the Tesla Model 3 being available for quote-unquote $35,000 is technically true. Um, but, you know, them being at that price point is now forcing other ones to dive lower and lower and lower. And <clears throat> we're, we're, we're going to get there. We're going to get there within 15 years, I think. And, you know, the UK forcing this issue is going to make the EU move, I think. And if the EU and the UK are, you know, sitting at that time frame, I think the US uh, will benefit from that long term. Because, you know, a lot of think of a car company like Honda. That's a good one. You know, Honda's going to see and go, well, shit, we can't sell a gasoline Civic in the UK anymore. We got to develop an electric Civic. Well, they're not going to spend all this time and energy developing an electric Civic to sell in the UK and EU and not sell it in the United States. Uh, and I think we're going to see the benefit of that in the not-too-distant future. So 
Good on the UK, I would say, for forcing this change, but uh, who knows if it'll make the grand, grand change that they want uh, going forward. So we shall see. But anyway, guys, I meant to keep this as a very, very short episode. Um, So, you know, we'll do these kind of as they come out. But uh, anyway, guys, uh, hope you're having a fantastic week, uh, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode of the Salvage Title Podcast. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.